Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. Hello, and welcome to Celebration Church Online. We are doing something a little bit different today. So we've been doing our dangerous prayers across the last six, seven weeks. But today I get the honor of interviewing Pastor Benaya. How are you doing, boss? I'm good. Doing well? <laughs> I'm doing really well. Good. How is father life? It's good. Uh, amazing. Loving it in every way. Daddy daycare. Just da- Daddy living, daycare. Living the life. Yeah. At the moment, I'm teaching him how to howl. So I go, oh, and he goes, oh, and it's really wow, cute. Yeah, It's very, very high. Pastor Ben I has been uh, teaching me how to howl for years. So it's great that he yeah. can finally start with someone that is, you know, learning and growing. You're still getting it though, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, still trying to get the lip part of it all. Um, so today um, we're going to be talking about revival, uh, mm. and my job is to uh, help us as a church family to continue to uh, lean into the call of our church, and also what Pastor Benar and Charlie um, can see for us when it comes to being a church of revival, whether that's in our kids' ministry or all the way through to 150-year-olds. Um, so today I'm excited to be asking some questions, and hopefully, church, this can be a moment for you that you can stop and consider what is the price that you should uh, be willing to pay for revival? What does it look like? Why are we going for revival as a church? Why is church as usual a bit too usual? Um, So it's going to be a great time. Why don't I pray for us and then we'll get right into this thing? Or do you want to pray for us? You go for it. I'm praying for us. Here we go. Yeah. Um, Holy Spirit, we just thank you for the honor It is to be in your church. We thank you that we're invited to the party. And I just pray right now, God, that you stir our heart for more. I pray we not be a church that just does the usual and does the boring, but we lean into heaven, that we encounter you like never before and therefore overflow with revival in every area of our life. Help us today. May we hear from you clearly. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, church, a louder amen. Amen. Wow, wow. Okay, we can hear you. That's fantastic. Okay, Pastor Benaiah, let's start off. What is revival? Give us a vision, a picture of what it looks like when we're talking about revival as a church. I think revival has different connotations to different people, but for me um, and for Charlie and for our church, it basically means a touch from heaven, a touch from God. It means it can be awakening, reawakening, restoration, renewal, revival, basically bringing life to places that don't have life. And um, and I just think that across the board, God is calling us to be people who are revivalists, who carry life and bring life to dead places. It's mm, awesome. Mm. Do you think, uh, before we move on, um, when it comes to... Have people seen revival before? I think in church life, we can often think through like, it'll be one day this big thing happened. What are some touches and some moments that you think our church family probably has seen a revival? So, and how can that kind of overflow a little bit? Yeah, uh, well, I, I think when it comes to our church and our calling, we have to start with our calling. Like, what's our grace? What's the anointing God's placed upon our church? And our church... Um, is called and grace to be a well. It's called to be a river of God, uh, something that brings life to all it touches. And when we realize our grace and our anointing, what happens is we know where our fruit is going to be. And so our church comes alive and we lay a hold of the fact that when we allow the Holy Spirit to flow through us, the Bible says that within us are rivers of living water. 
And as that flows through us, as we allow God to move through us, through how we live, through coming together corporately, through our words, through our faith, um, the Holy Spirit then starts to touch, starts to change, starts to heal. Um, All that it touches, all that He touches, because the people of God rise up. And I think as a church, if we start with that point of what is it that we do, who is it that we are, and be confident in that, be confident in the fact that God has anointed us, then we can then let out that roar, let out that faith, lay a hold of all God has, not be complacent, not be indifferent, but say, God, use us to make a difference in the world today. That's awesome. So I guess the world today, what, um, why revival? Why not just, you know, (laughs) I know it's a pretty basic question, but we can get very comfortable. We can get very in the motions. I've been saved. My family's good. Life is comfortable. Mm. Why do we need to be a church that, um, is all about revival? Yeah. I, I've grown up in church my whole life and I've encountered different moves of God. Very blessed to see God do a, a bunch of incredible things over many years. Um, and one thing that Charlie and I, a journey with God in this season is we're just really pressing into saying, God, we just want to see a reality of heaven touching yeah. earth. And Jesus talked about pray the prayer um, according to his will on earth. Let, let, let heaven come on earth as it is in heaven yeah, or yeah. Let, let heaven touch earth. And basically our heart is that we would see heaven and the atmosphere of heaven. What is that? That's the presence of God. That's God's love, it's God's grace, it's freedom, it's hope, it's joy, it's healing. That God would actually um, pour himself out upon our community, um, both as a church and as a city, in such a powerful way that we see life invade. uh, We see uh, the presence of God move in a powerful way. And we're just so hungry for that because I just feel like our city needs it. And I actually think about the reality of on earth as it is in heaven. And if you just take a moment, even those who are watching, if we think about what that actually means, think about the Shoalhaven, think about the South Coast, New South Wales, Australia, beyond. What does it mean to have an atmosphere of heaven touching earth? And that is a pretty out there type of prayer. It's a dangerous prayer. It's a big prayer. And Jesus tells us to pray that prayer. But you think about what, what on earth as it is in heaven. So if it's not in heaven then we shouldn't want it here on earth. Mm. If it's in heaven, then that's our normal. And, I, and, and so often we, we go through life comparing ourselves to each other. Yeah. So we go, you know, Instagram, Facebook, everyone's comparing their lives to each other. As churches, we can compare. As people, as Christians, you can compare. And we think we're doing really well because we're going, oh, you're doing that a little yeah. bit better and over here. And the reality, though, is this. We've got to stop comparing ourselves to each other. Yeah, yeah. And compare ourselves to our to the bar to the to the level God has, and it's the highest bar. It's the bar of heaven. Mm. It's the bar of His presence. It's the bar of what is normal to Him. We think because things are common that they're normal. Mm. It's not. Just be, it, the the domestic violence rates in our city. Wow. It's not normal. Yeah. It's the the unemployment rates are, and and the and the mental illness rates and all the things that go on. The drug addiction. It's not God's normal. Mm. So we have to come back as people, as Christians, to go, let's have the courage to ask God, what is your normal? And then to lay a hold of God's normal. Because God's normal might be very different to what our church is seeing. Mm. It might be very different to what our churches are seeing. Maybe there's a level that God has and wants us to step into 
And it's going to take courage. It's going to take faith. It's going to take not listening to critics and saying, you know what, I'm not going to be comfortable with where I'm at today because I'm not comfortable where, where our church is at. I'm not comfortable yeah. where I want to see more of God. I want to see more testimonies of God's grace and love. I want to see more of His Holy Spirit moving in our churches, yeah. in our people, in our city. I want the Shoalhaven and the South Coast to be known as the epicenter of heaven's atmosphere. But we've got to just break that down. What's heaven's atmosphere? It's joy. Yeah. It's love. It's grace. It's goodness. It's the fruits of the Spirit. It's um, yeah. no domestic violence. Yeah. It's no family breakdown. It is people who are free because they know who they are in God. And I just believe in my heart, in my spirit, that is our grace. Yeah. That is who God's called the church to be. And my prayer and Charlie's prayer and our team's prayer is that we will lay a hold in faith and say, let our city be known as a city where heaven comes, mm. where we experience the presence and love of God yeah. like nowhere else, where people think about the South Coast and some of those negative stats aren't what people think about, yeah. but instead they think about all the good things, all the amazing things of God. Hmm. Yeah. It's awesome. And I think like, it's about not settling as well. Like yeah. it's that whole thing of what we, ex like let's stop accepting lower and maybe get a little bit of the desperation out of this church to settle for something a little bit too low when we should just accept heaven's reality. And if it's not that, be okay with being uncomfortable. Like this is not good enough, that domestic violence and this happening with our young people and this happening across our globe. So I think a part of us, yeah, that why sure. of church is just, I won't accept less than what you have, God. And I think, I think one of the enemies of revival is going to be comfort yeah, yeah, yeah. so if you go to other countries and they've got dictatorships and they've got uh, persecution you know our greatest persecution in australia is someone didn't like my social media status and it's real hard and i cry about it and <laughs> then i just sit down and then it takes me six months yeah. to repost the picture of my food that people just hate it well, on. there you go yeah um whereas you go to other countries and there's there's actually real danger there's families yeah. being locked up dying for christ and all the major things and so our challenge um, as Australians yeah. and in the Western culture is comfort comes in and we actually exist. If you look at what we do, we live lives to get to the end goal, which is comfort. Which so is I, a Winnebago and traveling around Australia. and That's what you yeah, like, yeah, maybe, yeah, but okay. it's definitely yeah. I'm working hard. I'm setting up my super. I'm paying yeah. off my – because one day I can be in a place of comfort. Now, comfort's wow. not bad, but if comfort becomes your motivation wow. – when the reality is that God has actually called us to be people who say, I am actually not going to be complacent with the surroundings. We can bury our head in the sand, yeah. but all you've got to do is spend some time with somebody who is in a desperate situation, a broken situation, to realize that we actually have um, a call to take the reality of God's love. And that actually is quite aggressive sometimes. Yeah. That is quite uncomfortable it's uncomfortable to walk across the room it's uncomfortable to you know invite someone to church maybe it's uncomfortable to forgive that person who's hurt you but the kingdom is not about comfort the kingdom is about the reality of god yeah. coming and filling a situation and so we actually have to not make our god comfort but we actually have to make sure that our cause is christ yeah. 
Um, and so by doing that, what happens is we actually start to see Christ invade situations. Because I'll just say this, like we pray about revival, we stand on the shoulders mm. of previous generations who have prayed, who have wept tears, who have spent years praying for a move of God. Now, we're going to see that more and more. We're going to see God moving. But let's not underestimate the cost. The cost yeah. is going to be things like you won't get a seat in church because there's too many people who want to be there. Yeah. You might not be able to get a car park because, or you have to park down the street and walk to get to the church building because there's too many people who are receiving the goodness of Christ. Mm. There's people in a church who might not look the way that you look at church, who might not smell the way you smell or speak the way you speak, yeah. but God is actually calling the sinners, not the righteous. And so we have to realize that God is drawing people into the great banquet, the wedding banquet he talks about, and he says, compel them to come in. Yeah. But the cost is going to be that as Christians, and if you're watching this, I'm speaking to the Christian right now, that your priority isn't that you go to church to be comfortable, mm. which is our natural inclination. Wow. It's yeah, actually it we go to church because we worship God, we love each other, but we also bring healing to the broken, bring healing to those who are without Christ. And the way that we do this is if, if you're a Christian listening, remember the moment you met Jesus. Mm. Remember the moment you met Grace. Remember the moment that his un, um, unconditional love completely overwhelmed you, even though you were still a sinner, he yeah. still forgave you. Mm. When you come back to that, and, and take a moment if you're listening to think about that in your life, it fills you with so much fresh grace for others. And that's what our city needs. I want to come back to, to cost in a second, but the Dangerous Prayer series has all pretty much been about comfort, like this, I'll pray this prayer, but God, I know that that requires me to change and requires me to access your grace. Can you talk a little bit um, more into God's heart for revival? Because if it's his desire, then we should be willing to pray the dangerous prayer, be willing to do the dangerous thing. But ultimately, it's just become more and more like him. So what is God's heart for revival or God's heart for our city? It's a good question. I think that Jesus died for us and the Father sent Jesus to die for our sins because he loved us. Yeah. And so what is revival? Revival is a restoring of relationship with the Father and with Christ. And that's not just for a couple. That's for yeah. all who have open yeah. hearts. And we actually in our hearts have to say, God, we, 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 we seriously um, lay a hold of the cost that Christ has paid for us. Yeah. And the Bible says in John three sixteen, for none to perish, but all to have eternal life. That's his heart. Yeah. And therefore, we actually have to carry that heart as well. And so what's God's heart for revival? God doesn't want people living in suffering. God mm. didn't send Jesus so that somebody can live yeah. in bondage or yeah. live in slavery or live in you know um, addiction. He he calls people to live in freedom. He calls them to live in in joy. His heart is that we are people who walk around again in the atmosphere of heaven. Mm. And so, as a city, as a church, I, I ask us the question: How much of heaven is in our city? How much right. of heaven is in our church? How much of heaven is in our connect group? Or in, yeah. you know, it's like the person you speak to when, when they speak, life comes out of them and you feel, man, I just want to pursue God more. It's because they've had time sitting in the presence of God in the atmosphere of heaven. So it's a bit of a big answer, but basically what's God's heart for revival? He just wants 
heaven. He, you don't need to die to go to heaven one day. That's not. You can actually pray on earth as it is in heaven today. Mm. It's a game changer. Because, oh, I just get through life. I'll just struggle through and then I'll go to heaven. No, bring it to your family now. Yeah. Bring it to your situation now. Bring it to your business now. And how do you do it? Worship brings the atmosphere of heaven. The word of God brings the atmosphere of heaven. Sitting with God's word and, 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 and loving the word of God, the Bible, brings the atmosphere of heaven. Our words speaking life, yeah. we speak the atmosphere of heaven. And by doing so, all that live in that atmosphere, you know, the plants outside today survive because of the atmosphere. Yeah. So we have to ask ourselves, what are the words coming out of our mouth? Are they causing a kingdom atmosphere, a heaven atmosphere, a breakthrough atmosphere, yeah. a faith atmosphere? Or are they just like most things, which is negative, whingy, tall poppy syndrome, you know, being very natural, very, you know, I'm just being real. Mm. <laughs> heaven is not like that. Yeah. Heaven is God. Nothing is impossible with God. Let's yeah. see what God does. Miracles, restoration. Jesus' life, this is so cool. Jesus' life is the perfect example of heaven touching earth. Mm. That's our bar. Yeah. It's not the Christian with a huge yeah. big opinion on some theology which has and that Christian has no fruit, but yeah. they think because they have a theology that they're right. Show me your fruit. Yeah. Let's look at Jesus' life. Let's look at what he how he lived. It was so amazing how he treats the adulterous woman, hmm. how he embraces the tax collector, how he hangs out with the sinners. And it was the Christ, the church, yeah. the Pharisee back then, who was so upset because I was saying, wait a second, Jesus, that's not very Christian, if you like. Yeah. Well, he was Christ. So, but you know what I mean? Like it, and that's what it's like today. Our churches should be full of sinners finding Christ. Yeah. And the Christian today should be so full of unconditional love, compassion, forgiveness. Um, love covers a multitude of sin. Kindness. Mm. I, I'm putting a call out there. Let's be kind. That's awesome. Let's be a church is kind. Like it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. The Bible says, and so you can hear my passion today. Mm. But for our church, I want our church to be a church that lays a hold of heaven that brings the atmosphere of freedom down, that knows how to speak to the new person, knows how to embrace the person who's going through a messy time in their life, yeah. knows how to show forgiveness, knows how to you know, um, cover each other in love, knows how to have a seat reserved for that new person, mm. not be clicky with all their little friends, because that's the church that Christ died for. Yeah. That's the bride of Christ. And so that's my passion. I just believe God's going to call us and has called us to be that in our city. Hmm. And God wants it, not because I think a miscommunication about revival is often, you know, there'll be miracles and there'll be someone resurrected and there'll be all these signs and wonders, but God isn't necessarily interested in them. He's always been interested in our hearts. Yeah, so yeah. God wants revival because God wants us. Yes, like he wants us yeah. to be revived and us to yeah. be changed. So the pursuit of revival is not the pursuit of, I don't know, more and more, more and more tasks, more and more things, but it's just more and more, that security, that mm. I'm in love with God, yeah. therefore there's an overflow. Like my identity is fixed, therefore yeah. I have, you know, responsibility to kind of do something yeah. with um, with what I've been given. Can mm. I ask, I've been thinking a bit over the last couple of weeks, because um, we've been having conversations about revival for the last long time, but mm. especially over the last few weeks and coming back to church and everything that's going to be happening soon. Um, 
there are different costs. So like like you've got Bear at the moment and there's a different cost that you and Charlie are paying than Bear is paying to be a holiday. So some of the discomfort that some of our church is going to feel is probably more of a Bear. <laughs> like, oh no, I've, I've lost a seed. Oh no, this is an inconvenience to me. But the price that you and Charlie pay is different for the holiday family. Can you speak into a little bit of... You know, there'll be a, a cost for someone that, you know, is attending church right now to be inconvenienced, but there's also probably a cost that is more of a leadership cost or a parent or a maturity cost to actually be like, I'm the one that's going to be used by God to fill that seat or to fill that row or to overflow that kid's program. That that cost, can you speak into a little bit of, you know, the cost of the revivalist before the revival? Yeah, I, I think that we have to realize that what we're talking about is something we're not seeing across the board. Yeah, it's not yeah. the normal in churches where we're seeing churches overflowing with people knocking down the doors saying, I want to experience this unconditional love. Wow. We have glimpses of it. Our churches have it's glimpses true. of it. Yeah. And we say yes to more God. We say yes, let, you, let your grace come and be poured out beyond what we could ever even imagine or dream. I think we have to though also understand that when God gives us a call or he gives us a picture or he gives us his word and he says, here's the standard, yeah. it takes courage to step into that promise. True. Yeah, yeah. And, and courage is a very real word. It's saying, I'm going to pay the price in the midst of maybe I might look like I'm failing. You know, maybe I might look like things aren't going to work out the way that I thought, but I'm going to step in by faith and believe God that he can do what he said he's going to do. Yeah. And you see that throughout Scripture where God causes people to step out in faith. He shows Joshua and Caleb the promised land. He shows all the spies, but only two said, we can surely take that. Yeah. And I think the, the responsibility of every generation is this. Will we seriously take a hold of the promise of God yeah, yeah. for our generation? You know, right now we're building kids' facilities and a playground for our kids' ministry and that is beyond my generation. That is now for my son yep. and his generation coming through. There is a price being paid, and we've got workers, volunteers, paying a price, blood, yep. sweat, and tears. I don't know, bet tears, but blood and sweat anyway. Did you bring your toe down there after you hammered yeah, yeah. and sprayed Sledgehammer and everything yep. to pay a price that someone else can step into that blessing. Yep. And so for me, you know, it's, it's, it's just us doing our bit. I, my responsibility is this. It's simple. It's to say yes to the call. Mm. It's to say yes to God. It's not to get caught up in past failure, past disappointment, the voice of the critics, the voice of my own critic inside yeah. my head, the doubt that comes in. No, no. It's to say, God, I say yes yeah. to your call. I say yes to heaven touching earth. I stand on the shoulders of yesterday, but I also am pioneering for tomorrow. Yeah. And that causes us to rise up. It means I have to get uncomfortable. Yeah. It means I have to have faith to see things we're not yet seeing. But I love the fact that God loves faith. He's pleased by faith. And I just am fighting in my heart and in our generation to say, yeah. God, let's lay a hold of what you have. Let's create new normals for our kids' generation, yeah. for Jem's generation. Yeah. Because our parents fought for normals for True. our generation. But it takes courage. It takes, you go bushwalking. I don't know if you've done this recently. I'm all about that orienteering. I know. I, know you, I love your. I know you love your bushwalking, Jolly. Follow me at Joel's Orienteering at Instagram.com. <laughs> the thing is, though, you can follow a path, 
but that path has been pioneered by somebody else. Yeah. When you're just walking through the bush and you're trying to establish a new path, and often we're lost when we're doing that. We're trying to figure out, yeah. I think, yeah. you know, our destination is through here. And the scratches and if there's someone behind you, the sticks hitting them in the face, sometimes intentionally. And you, But after a number of people follow you down that path, it's now a path. Yeah. And then the next generation comes through and goes, oh, this has always been here, hasn't it? No, no, someone paid a price to pioneer for a move of God. And so for us, our heart in this season is, and we're talking big stuff. I'm talk, we're talking a city completely changed. We're talking, yeah. you know, the nation looks at the South Coast and says, some, some, look at the stats. Look how that's turned around. Look at all the things. It's, it's unexplainable apart from look at what God yeah. has done. And we have to actually get to a place in our spirit. I, I don't want to play church. What do I mean by that? It's easy to come together and just do what we've always done and have a nice time and be comfortable. I, I, I want to see the 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 broken come in mm. i want to see heaven touch earth i want to see people you know even as they walk in the room experiencing supernatural healing and breakthrough because the atmosphere in the house is so strong but the reality is this that's not some mystical dream out there yeah. that's what the bible tells us to go for mm. pray on earth as it is in heaven what is our yeah. mandate well it's on earth as it is in heaven so we ask the holy spirit and he is our greatest help. Holy Spirit, let your presence be here. Let the atmosphere of heaven invade our church. We don't just want to just go through the motions. It's easy to go through the motions. Come onto the service, do the three songs, mm. give, you, give you giving, have the script, uh, you know, some, some preaching, get your cup of tea, say hi to the person you say hi to every week and go home. That's not our call. Our mm. call is revival. Yeah. Yeah. It's a city changed by the love of god it's people finding healing in their marriage in their family healing physically healing emotionally yeah, yeah. getting free from addiction it's seeing people lining up to get into our our buildings because the atmosphere mm. is that you're practicing revival at home and then corporately there's agreement so it awesome. multiplies awesome. because we come together in the name of jesus and that is the call for our house and i believe it's the call for the church in our nation and i don't think it's a pipe dream i don't think it's a dream yeah. that's out there i yeah. think it's a dream that god places in our heart but it takes courage to say yes to the call of god mm. it takes courage to go we're going to go for it god we're going to invite our friend we're going to pray we're going to have prayer meetings we're going to reach out in love yeah. we're going to forgive that person who doesn't deserve forgiveness yeah. But Christ, you forgave me, so I'm going to forgive them. When that Christian hurts me in church, I'm not going to run away like a little baby. I'm going to forgive them. Yeah. I'm going to have adult conversations. Awesome. And by doing so, we create this amazing yeah. unity and this yeah. amazing blessing because the people of God have understood the holiness of the call. Mm. This isn't a game. This isn't something that's just a great idea. There's a holy call. And I don't want the next generation to say yes and us say no because we're too familiar. Yeah. I want to be a yep. part of saying yes to the call of God. That's awesome. Yeah. I think I've got another question to, to double back a little bit on being that pioneer, but it's going to appear right here. There's a difference between discomfort from revival or discomfort for revival. So some will be inconvenienced because the revival happened. And as you're sharing just then, I'm thinking like the, the simple truth is if we want revival, then we need to be uncomfortable and we actually need to do that before the revival happens. And that is, church, it's really simple. Sit down with God and ask for more of God. 
God, I want more of you. I want more of you. Therefore, secondly, I want more of your heart. And then third, that's when we move towards others. It's just this cry of more. That's how you get uncomfortable now. Like you don't need to sit on the floor next to your seat and be like, oh no, there's a spare seat here for someone. Now I'm uncomfortable. But it's that pressing into God before it happens and actually being a part of the revolution rather than just being like, wow, revolution happened. How great. I don't have a seat. Um, can you share a little bit of the story of being, you know, that crazy one, that Caleb and Joshua reality rather than the spies, which can often make you look crazy to everyone else. Some moments in your life where you've been like, you know, that, that move of God has happened in here before it's happened out there and you've been a little bit of the, the crazy one. I think the wording crazy one is a very interesting term because I think we have to come back to what is normal. And our normal, again, isn't what's common in our society. Our normal is what heaven is. According to Scripture, it's the life of Jesus. It's the Scripture of God. And so um, the crazy one is the one who is okay with our city having one of the highest domestic violence rates. And the crazy one is the one who's okay with um, the Shalhaven having one of the highest methamphetamine rates in the state or one of the highest unemployment rates. For me, to be a Christian... And to be okay with that um, is more crazy than the person who says, God, we can see you completely transform our city because in the book of Acts, you did it with a bunch of people praying in the upper room and the Holy Spirit moves and 120 become 3,000 and and, and the whole whole of Rome gets set on fire for God because because God moves. That sounds normal. It's not just... And so we have to redefine crazy the the word i think about is this what's normal and who has the courage to actually speak about what's normal Mm. normal is whatever heaven is touching earth and so in my life i i think what happens is this i think we get when you encounter the love of god and and a move of god or a revival touch of god it wrecks you for everything else I, i when i was a young kid when i was in our kids ministry we had a great kids church uh teacher and, and when I was, you know, eight years old or, or seven years old, she would take me and my friends up to conferences in Sydney, revival, adult revival conferences. We would camp out as little eight-year-olds with our, you know, teach, with, with, you know, with, with our, the leaders helping us. And we would do it so that we could get a great seat, the front row at this adult conference, because we were so hungry for God. We were so hungry for his presence. We were so hungry for worship. You know, at those conferences, they'll get us up, the little seven, eight-year-olds up, to pray for the adults in the room. And we loved it. We didn't know anything different because we were so, our hearts were so, uh, got a later hold of us so powerfully that that was our normal. And adults are getting set free. Adults are being healed. Adults are through the mouths of children because somebody, our kids' church teacher, believed in us being a revival generation and i just believed you know going through my teenage years it was the same thing i was the kid that when my friends were all out doing whatever they'd done i every night i had to read the word before bed you never had to ask me to i'll be up in my bedroom um with worship on for hours worshiping god as a 12 13 year old while other kids are doing other things i was still normal i still had my bmx i still had friends but i had a hunger for god which was more than average because god had laid a hold of me and i just think and as a church as people this is the level we're talking about 
It's the kids coming in and wanting the front rows in church. It's the youth coming together and being the most passionate and crazy for God because they've encountered God's love. It's the adults in church thinking, I'm going to have a multi-generational attitude where I'm going to be a, a hero of the faith to these next generation. I'm going to get to church early. I'm going to serve because they're watching me. They're watching me on Sundays. They're watching when I get to church late. They're watching when I get to church early or when I'm, whatever the attitude is, the young people watch. And we have to understand that we have an opportunity to lay a hold of something greater and we can just play church. We're good at playing church, being comfortable. Or we can say, God, we want something more. We want to see you move. We want to see hearts set on fire. And I'll, finish, I'll, I'll say this. I remember we had a, a preacher come and, and when I was in year eight um, and I was sitting in the church auditorium against the wall and she, she was preaching and it, she preached on the fire of God. And she said she spent 40 minutes preaching on the fire of God. And I didn't know what that meant as a year eight kid, but I knew that I wanted the fire of God in my life. What does that mean? It means being consumed by God. And I remember for six months, every day I prayed, God set me on fire. God set me on fire. And one day I just felt this, I just had this God encounter and everything about me changed. The way I thought, the, the, the things I was struggling with melted away. The, I'm an introvert by nature, funny enough. That melted, I, I just became bold, emboldened. We started a high school program where we're preaching every week to see kids saved and, and lives changed. And this, you know, God took a hold of my heart. And through that, many lives were changed. And I, my prayer for Celebration Church and beyond is that God would lay a hold of our hearts, that we won't be dictated to by comfort, that we won't be indifferent to injustice, that we would say, God, we believe that starting with our city, that you would move in such a way that only you can be given glory. Not us doing our bit and adding God and saying, oh, it's, it's all... No, let's see... Let's see the waters parted. Let's see the walking on water. Let's see the feeding of the 5,000. Let's see God do things that only he can do. And then we say, look at what God's done. And all glory goes to Jesus Christ. And I think that is the destiny God has for us. We're called to be a well of refreshing for nations. And I tell you, if, if you're watching right now and you call Celebration Church home, or even if you don't, take this to your own church. Lay a hold of God. Seek Him. Worship Him. Spend time in His presence. He has treasures for you. He wants to pour out revelation and fresh touches from Him. We have to come back to hunger. Those who hunger and thirst shall be filled and allow God to wreck you in the best possible way. Allow him to mess you up. Allow, allow him to overwhelm you with his unfailing, unconditional love, not just at salvation, but every day through the renewing of your mind. And that's the church we're called to be. The church is called to be that, that we would see so much salvation, so much healing, so much restoration. And I believe that God's called the church to step into that. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. Just that gold of... It kind of like don't call me crazy because i believe god like like that's my reality well like, faith looks crazy yeah, like yeah. you look at the book of um hebrews 11 all those guys abraham's old mm. you're gonna have a son and have a generations after you he's old yeah you're crazy abraham you know the, throughout all those different yeah. examples crazy was normal because it was like god was calling people to do something that only he could do through them and we have to have the boldness, church. We have to have the courage to say, it might not be yeah. conventional, but I'm telling you, I look on the other side of it. There's so much hurt. There's so yeah. much 
stuff going. We need heaven to touch this place. And we ask the Holy Spirit, breathe upon our church, breathe upon our people. Don't let us be comfortable. And we invite the chaos that comes with revival. We invite it. We say, yes, if it's going to be, hey, 3,000 fitting into the room of 120 would have been chaotic, yeah? Mm. So they had to then grow through that. Yeah. So. So good. Why don't you pray for us, Pastor Benoit? Pray for our church family, everyone listening, that uh, this would be reality check a reminder of that that is called to be our normal therefore we Mm. shape and change the culture around us yeah awesome father we just we humbly come before you and we just say we need you we need you holy spirit we need more of you we need more of a revelation of your love and lord we ask you to come and to breathe upon our church Mm. we ask you to come and breathe upon the churches of our city and beyond we ask that you would move in a powerful way and you would change lives God, we ask that you wouldn't let us be comfortable. You won't let us just play church the way we always have, but there'll be a hunger for more. That the Shalhaven and the South Coast will be known as a city who knows the heart of God, a city who has changed uh, because heaven invades this place. Come and invade our city. Let heaven's atmosphere, the presence of God, touch our city, we pray. We ask this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Benoit. Thank you, church, for tuning in this Sunday. Make sure you're getting connects after the service, Worship Wednesday, everything that's happening, and we'll hopefully see you in person soon. We miss you, but have a fantastic week, and we'll see you next time. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.